I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Toby Leary, your host of Rapid Fire, the weekly show where we talk all things guns, sometimes politics that you know revolve around guns. We talk about the Second Amendment, we talk about self-defense, and we talk about freedom. America, here we go. So stay tuned. We got another show on hand for you today, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a action-packed show. We're going to talk a lot about some of the upcoming proposed rule changes to quote-unquote ghost guns or 80 percenters or homemade firearms. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that David Hogg was saying on CNN the other day. And it's kind of funny, David Hogg has emerged as the guy who's similar to like Greta Thunberg. The What, what Greta Thunberg is to the environmentalist movement, David Hogg is to the gun control movement. This a uh, kid who emerges from, you know, the Parkland shooting. There was obviously some controversy as to whether he was actually there the day of the shooting, but he certainly was on like every news broadcast for like a year afterwards. And it was very interesting that uh, there was a lot of show prep that took place and coaching by CNN and by uh, some of the other networks that would kind of coach him up as to what to say and how to say it. And they'd take do rehearsals and whatnot so they very much wanted him to become the champion of the gun control movement on the heels of a, another tragedy of where our system broke down if you will and sold a gun to somebody who should have been a prohibited person and i don't know if you guys remember when i had rob pincus on the show we talked a lot about keeping all guns from some people rather than keeping some guns from all people we also saw that Ted Cruz interviewed uh, David Chipman, who is the nominee for the director of the ATF by the Biden administration. And Ted Cruz simply asked him, so from what I see, you uh, would like to see a ban on the AR-15. And my hat's off to David Chipman for not dancing around the question. He honestly answered and said, yes, I would like to see a ban on the, a total ban on the AR-15. And Ted Cruz just reiterated that now you do realize this is the most popular rifle in America. And he, you know, went on to talk about it, but he felt it should be a regulated weapon and should, if not a total and outright ban. So that is who has been nominated to run the ATF is David Chipman. He is an activist. He is a board member, member of every town for gun safety. And, you know, obviously a, an outspoken ad, advocate of gun control and said on the Senate floor in the, in the hearing, confirmation hearing, that he would like to see a ban on the AR-15. And if there, the funniest thing is he then goes on to make the argument and says the AR-15 is what the rifle that 
the ATF agents are issued. So he's saying that in a way that that's why civilians shouldn't be given them because the ATF agents are issued them because they're that good of a rifle that people shouldn't have them. Only ATF agents should. So I think his logic is uh, going to backfire tremendously on him. And I like how Ted Cruz pointed out that Dianne Feinstein's bill, uh, gun control or uh, assault weapons ban bill, names 2,000 rifles that would become banned overnight in America if it was to uh, be passed. And the last time she uh, brought a bill like this on the floor in 2013, there were 40 senators who confirmed it or voted for it out of the 100. So uh, it was a 40-60 split. So I don't think it has a chance. The good, that's the good news. The bad news is the guy being nominated for the director of the ATF is obviously a fan of that type of gun control legislation. So we'll get to some of that as well later. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but one thing I want to do for you is play that cut, um, if I can find it. Yeah, I got it right here on uh, David Hogue talking about um, the mass shootings and and the people buying guns and whatnot. So he was on CNN, and uh, let's hear what he has to say about this. Purchasing. So in just uh, the past year, in 2020, there were nearly 23 million gun sales across the United States. That's up 65% over the year before. And then in January, okay, after the insurrection at the Capitol, there were 2 million gun sales, and that's up 75% compared to the January before that. So what's that about to you? I think it's about fear. I think it's about the fact that uh, as a country, oftentimes we would rather, unfortunately, turn on each other and point to someone's skin color or point to someone's immigration status or their gender or their sexual identity and, and claim that's the threat. When in reality, um, we should all be working together against the sources of evil that are creating this gun violence and the injustice that promotes this gun violence and gun purchases in the first place. Because the reality is what's going to help solve this situation is not somebody buying you know, another AR-15 or another gun, uh, it's going to be all of us working together to, to change the political system and the corruption and system of loopholes that has brought us to this place where a corporate, you know, a, a corporate lobby, essentially, like the NRA, is able to put such a, a, a chokehold on our elected officials that they're letting thousands of Americans die every year simply because they're more afraid of what the NRA will do in their next election than whether or not there's going to be another school shooting in their community or an everyday act of gun violence, and that has to change. We have to come together as Americans and realize this isn't about being, being Democrats or Republicans. You know, that, that 6-year-old, that 14-year-old, that you know 12-year-old that die every day, they don't have a political affiliation. They're a kid that wants to grow up, and they deserve to grow up in peace and security no matter their zip code, no matter the color of their skin or where they come from or who they are. And we have a responsibility as older people to act to protect them so that no, in the future they're able to be college students and they don't have to come on CNN and talk about you know the fact that we're the, a, a country that uniquely has to deal with this situation because we, we don't have to. It absolutely does not have to be this way. All right. Well, obviously a lot to unpack there. And, uh, you know, the funniest thing for me whenever David Hogue opens his mouth is, you know, he's very polished on a lot of the political talking points as he says it's not a democrat or republican thing but it's obvious that he's being uh coached along as to what the talking points are and uh you know he says oh we're the only country that 
has to deal with this. And uh, funny, I do remember just recently um, in France at a theater, a mass shooting event that took place in a theater with AK-47s in a country where all guns are banned. Um, I just, uh, some reason I, I, I can remember that. I can recall that. Even though he says we're the only country that has to deal with something like this. And, you know, there's uh, so much to to say with regards to what he what he was talking about. But um, it's funny how he identifies that it's out of fear that people are buying guns. And I would almost agree with that to a certain extent. I mean, the people who've always bought guns and it's a hobby and a way of life don't go out and buy guns out of fear other than the fear of politicians taking their rights away. But other people who see a society that when we have a pandemic on our hand, quote unquote, that they let prisoners out of jail, they threaten to lock up people who want to go to church, they burn federal buildings and police cars in, you know, protest, and then chuck rocks at police, and then want to act, they're actively calling for the defunding of police departments so they can't do their job as effectively as they as they have been. Which, by the way, as an asterisk, I say police departments are underfunded when it comes to training, when it comes to real-world training. They are underfunded. And I remember the year that uh, Officer Gannon got shot that that year the state cut firearms training and uh, training in general for police departments in Massachusetts by a million dollars. And, you know, not to say that's that could have or would have changed the outcome of that, but let's put it this way, that if you're cutting a million dollars in a, in a year when you have a, I think it was a billion dollar surplus, it shows where your, where your loyalties lie. And it's not in making policing safer and efficient and a better having a better outcome for all. It's more for casting and causing, uh, you know, getting political points out of it. So, all right, we'll be back after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. This is the first focal plane Diamondback Tactical. At the intersection of precision and value, the Diamondback Tactical first focal plane rifle scopes deliver an impressive array of features and performance. The XD optical system and fully multi-coated lenses transmit a crisp, bright sight picture. The first focal plane, glass-etched reticle, keeps subtensions accurate throughout the 4X zoom range. Exposed tactical turrets and a side parallax knob give shooters the tools needed for long-distance precision shooting. The single-piece 30mm tube is ruggedly built to withstand recoil and impacts. Strong O-ring seals and nitrogen purging guarantee waterproof and fog-proof performance. Purpose-built to extend your effective range and stretch your dollar, the Diamondback Tactical comes equipped with the features you need at an unbelievable price. And it's covered for life by the Vortex VIP warranty. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. I'm your host of Rapid Fire. Join us every week on Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m. live, or I should say to listen to the 
recorded show on the air. You can go to the iHeartRadio app or you can stream it on our website, capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and you will be notified whenever we go live and uh, you can be a part of the discussion. We'll get to some of your questions in a bit, but I just want to finish my thoughts about uh, David Hogue here, or Hogg, however you say his last name. Um, you know, he, he talks about the sources of evil uh, that create gun violence. And, you know, while he's saying that, he's got the law-abiding or the responsible gun owner squarely in his sights, uh, even though I agree with the sentiment of what he says. And we do need to focus our efforts on the criminal element that is causing gun violence, because that is where the gun violence is is happening. It's happening in, you know, inner cities. It's happening in uh, some of the highly gun controlled areas of our country. The ones that have some of the most gun control have some of the most violent crime. And you look just in the last year in our cities around the country, the spike in violent, uh, you know, felonies or murder, it's unbelievable. It's up 20, 30, 40% in some cases. If you look at New York City, it's up, I think, double or triple digits. And it is amazing how much, um, how much, you know, crime has gone up just since the whole defund the police movement has, has started. So, it is really uh, disheartening to see that. And so I agree with him that we need to, we need to um, focus our efforts on the true evil of where this crime stems from. If you want to enforce, you want to try to reduce crime by changing laws and holding responsible gun owners accountable, it's similar to trying to reduce drunk driving by making everybody out there have to go through a seven-day waiting period to buy a car or go through a background check to buy a car, making you get, uh, you know, do extra, uh, jump through extra hoops on top of what's already required to buy a car. Um, It doesn't make sense. You're not targeting the group that needs to be targeted, which is the people causing the problem in the first place. Um, But that's the answer to these people is, you know, we got to reduce gun crime by reducing guns or reducing the responsible gun owners access to guns or the type of gun that the responsible gun owner should have access to. That's David Chipman's argument. That's David Hogg's argument. That's the way people have been dealing with, uh, you know, the gun crime, if you want to call it epidemic in these select areas. Uh, for years, it's always make it harder and harder to get guns. Meanwhile, he talks about the injustices, and he started that whole spiel out about uh, the we shouldn't be, uh, you know, targeting groups of people like, and he goes on to mention race and uh, sexual preference and all that. But truly, the injustice of of gun control is the people who need guns the most for defensive purposes are the ones that have the most limited access to it. So you look at Chicago, you look at D.C., you look at New York City, you look at New Jersey, some of these high crime areas, these are the places that it's hardest to obtain a license to carry. In some cases, flat out, you can't obtain a license to carry, like in places like New Jersey or in areas like New York City. So the fact is, 
um, until we address that problem. And that is the true injustice of it all is that, and in my opinion, gun control is racist because a lot of times it's minority communities that need access to firearms the most because they're living in a violent community in some cases and not all, but in some cases. And those people who want to protect themselves can't. They have to live in a, you know, a state of fear of victimhood. And frankly, there's other options out there besides the gun. I'm not going to say the gun is the end all be all and it's the only thing that stops a threat, but it is certainly an equalizer. It's how a 90 uh, pound, you know, elderly woman can can survive a violent encounter with a felonious thug. So that's the way I see it. Um, But we got to end that. Uh, we also uh, need to stop casting aspersions upon uh, the lawful gun owner or the responsible gun owner and, and saying that, you know, to reduce crime, we got to reduce uh, gun purchases or make it harder for people to purchase guns. That isn't going to do a thing to reduce crime. Um, so let's stop targeting responsible gun owners and target the criminal element. That's it for my rant. Okay, I'll get off the soapbox. But I was on the reason I went through all that is I was on the uh, Grace Curley show this week. And, and that was one of the topics of discussion. And, and, uh, you know, there's not enough people out there speaking the truth in a way that people realize how nonsensical the whole gun control argument really is. We don't hold any other right to the same standard. And I've been through that a bunch of times. But anyway, let's get to some of your questions here uh, that are coming in on the stream. John Solomon wants to know if there's any VP9s coming in. He's had one on back order since February. Uh, Thank you for your patience. Um, We do not have any ETA on most guns. Most manufacturers are not giving us ETAs. Um, Andy's wishing we could ship ammo in Massachusetts. We're shipping ammo all over the country right now. And Massachusetts is one of those states that does not allow ammo to be shipped to. And I know there's companies that will ship here, but um, we cannot ship to people in Massachusetts. And why, you might ask? Because the law says that at the time of purchase, the, the license to carry or FID card must be presented in hand at the time of purchase. So we would love to solve that problem one day. But... Anyway, we we can't at this time. Uh, Richard Lee says, what is my thoughts about Texas? I think people need a little bit of training. Okay, this is a great question because I agree people need more than a little bit of training, but I don't believe they need it to exercise a right. That's the difference between a right and a privilege. If you have a right to keep and bear arms, then it shouldn't be restricted by any uh, arbitrary or uh, class that you can come up with or set of standards. I believe the onus should be upon law-abiding or responsible citizens to infer upon each other, like, you didn't take a class on the safe and responsible ownership of the gun that you own? Shame on you. Like, you definitely need to do that. I mean, if I want to be proficient at tennis, if I go out there and smack a ball against the wall, yeah, I'm going to learn some stuff. I'm going to do a lot of stuff wrong. But I'm not dealing with an issue of life or death. 
if I really want to get really good at tennis, I'll probably hire a trainer or a coach or, you know, take some lessons. Same thing with guns. Now you are dealing with stuff that has some consequence to it if it's done wrong or negligently. You can harm or kill yourself or somebody else. It's the third rule of gun safety, the way we say it here in um, Cape Gunworks as a result of our ICE training. It's, you know, you got to bear in mind that you're in control of a weapon. If you use it negligently or maliciously, you can harm or kill somebody or yourself, period. That's the big picture rule. And so I do believe people need training. I don't believe they should have to go through training in order to exercise their right. I believe all states should be a constitutional carry state, period, nothing but. And then I believe that we could do a better job as a society, as responsible gun owners, to tell each other, hey, take this class. It's awesome. It'll help you be a safe and responsible gun owner. All right. We will be back after this. More of your questions on the other side. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Polarized, rugged, and extremely clear, Loophole Performance Eyewear filters out harsh light while dramatically reducing glare. Whether you're hiking through the backcountry, dialing in at the range, or navigating the daily grind, Loophole's crystal clear lenses will keep your eyes protected and your vision fresh all day long. Learn more about Loophole Performance Eyewear at loophole.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Rapid Fire, and make sure you check out the website. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, get signed up to be notified when we're going live, and also you can get signed up for our giveaways. This week we have 
a range bag and cleaning kit combo package by CleanseOil. And we're giving it away today at the end of the show. So you want to get signed up for that. There's still a few minutes left. And then if the giveaway has already happened, get signed up for our new giveaway. And this week we are giving away something that I have they had to pry out of my hands. My white knuckled grasp. And it's this beautiful uh, Hornaday cooler, which has a couple of really nice uh, frosty beverage mugs in there. It has some silicone uh, water bottles, and it also has a couple of really, really nice, uh, you know, hot and cold beverage travel mugs inside of it. And it's uh, probably a $150 cooler. It looks amazing. I'm not sure exactly who it's made from, but it's got the waterproof zippers on it and everything else. So it's probably a $200 package. It's awesome. And like I said, I'm I'm a little jealous because I really want it, but it's uh, we're giving it away. So get signed up for the giveaway. And uh, anyway, um, but be a part of the discussion. We'll get to your questions and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, um, you know, some of the questions of the day that you have. And uh, But check out the website, capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and get signed up. All right. Don't forget also to visit our show sponsors. We have Vortex Optics. We have uh, Hornaday. We have SnapSafe. Um, and we have Vault Tech and Leupold. Leupold is uh, making some phenomenal uh, sunglasses, by the way. We have a whole rack of them and a new display, so come check those out. Before the break, I was uh, talking about, um, you know, some of your questions and the training thing in Texas or in any state. Uh, again, the responsibility should be upon our gun-owning community, not a government agency. And I know that doesn't uh, that doesn't always resonate with all gun owners, but that's just my personal opinion. I don't believe that. You know, and I I benefit from the system we have in Massachusetts because it's a major revenue stream for us to do license to carry classes. But I'm willing to cut that income out of our bottom line to go to constitutional carry, which I think we should. I don't think we ever will in Massachusetts, but frankly, my beliefs trump my pocketbook, unlike a lot of people in this day and age that want... Uh, want you know they're they're driven by money for me the second amendment is way more important than the money that i can make off license to carry classes and i think it should go back to the original intent by the framers so uh, matt asks he thinks he already knows the answer to this but if a firearm is registered to me can my wife who also has an ltc do a personal transfer of the firearm registered to me um you probably could, but it's not the right way to do it. I would say, you know, do a transfer to your wife first, and then if your wife is selling it or giving it to somebody else, um, have her do the transfer then, or go straight from you to the end user or that the person at the end. Or if you're just asking me in a roundabout way, can you transfer the gun to your wife, um, Absolutely, yes. You can do up to four personal transfers a year. So if you've already used four, then you just do it through the gun store and, um, you know, we can facilitate that for you. What did we get in for Defensive 9? Brendan wants to know. We got, um, I know we got a bunch of federal product punch. We got uh, 
some oh boy i think we got some some federal hst uh but you're kind of catching me off guard here i should know but i don't we got a lot of nine in so and i have a bunch of the arx we had a ton of that come in uh probably back in january we sold a pallet of it in like a week um but yeah but we will definitely uh have more of that arx coming in in the next few days um yeah oh it came in never mind we have the arx in stock now we also have hornaday critical defense we have the underwood which is a lehigh defense bullet it's pretty cool it's on the same idea as the uh, Fort Scott Munitions, a solid copper bullet, but it doesn't tumble. And then we got the some Hornaday subsonic. Uh, we also got that Federal Punch, like I said, and some of the HST stuff. So, yeah, we have options in nine for the first time in a year. It's not like we just have one thing. Um, yeah, so is any of the defensive stuff online to order? I don't believe so, Matt. But um, And again, you can't really order it online and get it shipped, but you can get it online for pickup here at the store we had a small amount of 357 magnum come in bob and i don't know if it's still if we still have any or if we're holding that for people who are buying a 357 magnum gun we had a ton of 5.7 ammo come in so that was good um and then uh andy says does that mean a person can buy four guns via fa10 and sell four guns no it's only on the sale so you can buy as many guns as you want through the efa10 um, but you can you can only sell four. What's my take on 80% AR lowers in Massachusetts? Um, well, my take is that it's perfectly legal to have an 80% AR lower in mass or any lower in mass. But the question is, can you manufacture it into a weapon or into a fully functioning firearm? So I don't know. That's probably... A good question for Keith when we can finally get him on. Um, Matt wants to know if that Strike Eagle box behind me is empty. And yes, it is because it is on one of my guns. So uh, it's a great optic, though. The Strike Eagle 1 to 8 is phenomenal. It's a uh, illuminated optic. Um, 1 to 8 power has bullet drop compensator built into it and all that good stuff. So, um, and Bob's saying, speaking of felonious thugs, why is it easy for 18-year-old punks to acquire AR-15s and ammo and make rap videos? Well, and what Bob is talking about is a, um, a local story here in Hyannis that uh, we had a felony stop over on Barnstable Road right near our old shop where uh, they arrested an 18-year-old kid on three felony charges, one of which was aggravated rape. Another one was like indecent assault on a 14-year-old, and another one was a, uh, uh, I believe, um, I don't know if that's 100% correct, but it was one of those charges. And then I think another one was larceny inside of a store. Um, but he had been posing in social media with AR-15s, and the question was whether or not they were real or not. But um, when they had this felony stop, the mother recorded the whole interaction with police, basically crying the victim the whole time, like, what is going on? Why is this happening? And the police handled it well with overwhelming force. Yep, guns were drawn because of the nature of the uh, crime and then the nature of the uh, possibility that guns could be in the mix. 
And um, I think the Barnstable PD handled it well. Nobody got hurt. And uh, yeah, it's scary. It's scary for everybody. The police who want to go home at the end of the day, it's scary for them when they think that guns might be involved. And it's scary for the people on the other side um, when police officers have guns drawn. But how about, I got a great idea, and that is, like, don't rape people or don't commit other, now, granted, he's innocent until proven guilty, but um, don't commit felonies and then pose in videos apparently with with AR-15s and make it look like you're there to use them. So that's just a suggestion. A lot of people posing with AR-15s, even youth, in a sporting manner on a range and, and not trying to threaten or intimidate. And I haven't seen the video, but it was enough to get the police to do a felony police stop in broad daylight on a busy road. So there you have it. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. All right, welcome back. And we have successfully been able to get uh, attorney Keith Langer back on the phone here. And so we are going to jump right into it because this is a short segment, uh, but we want to get as much of Keith as we can. So Keith, tell us about those 3D printed guns. Can you do it in Massachusetts or is that no go? Well, there is absolutely nothing illegal about making your own guns, whether it's a 3D printer, buying an 80% lower or carving it out of a block of metal. Uh, at least until ATF issues another aberration in its diktats and unilaterally declares them to be illegal like it did bump stocks. But the bottom line is there is nothing illegal about making your own firearm per se. Where people get into trouble is they make it and they do not register it once it becomes functional. Mm. Or they make them and then start selling them, Mm. which is a whole different operation and simply making one for your own use. Right. So the only problem with 3Ds is uh, you're not sure what the the quality is compared to buying an 80% frame and finishing it out with your own components. But the legality is that you can do it so long as you comply with the law, which is that you register it when it is completed. Now, what about... Um 
as far as 80% ARs, we have a question on the chat. Uh, if you had a 80% AR lower that you, you know, owned and you milled it out, could you then build that into a complete gun and register it at that point? Or is that? Well, then the issue is not the 80%. It's not the fact that you built it yourself, but that it's an AR. And Mora declared that uh, the ARs are, even the compliant ones, magically non-compliant, plus one that you're building now clearly was not a firearm in existence in 1998. And unless you built it in mass compliant form, it would not be compliant at all. So that brings us back, as we are so often forced to do, with dealing with the legality of Healy's 2016 diktat. Theoretically, if you built the AR and you built it without threaded barrels and that, you know, in the post-ban configuration, it would be legal under the controlling statutes. Mm -hmm. The issue is how enforceable is the AG's diktat? Right. Yeah, and I guess someone at some point is going to have to become the test case for that. And uh, I don't want to volunteer, but maybe we have someone listening who would want to volunteer. <laughs> volunteer but uh you know the that's the problem with the whole situation is you know the whole enforcement notice was given and then it was backed up with oh and by the way if you don't listen to us you're going to be given a ten thousand dollar fine to fund your prosecution of such edict and you know i know i'm off the off the path of uh 3d printed guns or polymer 80 guns but uh you know that's that's the problem with the whole edict is the fact that the enforcement notice was against the gun dealer and it was a double barrel shotgun of fines and prosecution um, if you don't comply. And so, you know, those of us who have a business to run don't want to fall on the sword and not be able to feed our kids. So, you know, we're in this weird thing where we have to rely on the courts. And, uh, you know, through legal challenges, which is moving about as... Well, there were certain... Yeah, there were attorneys general who were looking to block 3D printer guns by blocking the software for the printers themselves. And that gets into First Amendment issues as well as Second. Right. Yeah, there was that whole thing a couple years ago about the, uh, the, the ghost gunner and the, uh, the software that they put out on the open source on the web and... Then there were people saying, oh, don't even open the file. You'll be committing a felony if you just open the file or download the file or whatever, which is just a bunch of crazy And talk. now states, I believe New Jersey was one of them, uh, attempted to sue a 3D printer company in Texas. And if memory serves, that was thrown out of court just three weeks ago. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, when, when we have to rely on court systems to get our rights back, it's a slow and expensive process. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way that's just the way it is. And uh, it's better to not fall into that in the first place by electing people who value freedom and, and don't want to see our rights in, in further infringed upon. But here we are. That's neither here nor here. We are. Yep. So, well, you're breaking up badly, Toby, and I know you've got the rest of the show to do. So try my uh, video clip, excuse me, my, my uh, voice clip for the next intro, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Keith. As always, it's been great. And uh, 
If you guys want to reach out to Keith Langer, if you need to uh, get a hold of him, we will put his contact info in the chat. And, uh, you know, hopefully you don't need his services, but if you do, he's the guy you want in your corner. I, I know he's done a great job for lots of people. So anyway, um, there you have it. There's no law that restricts you from making and manufacturing your own gun. Uh, a friend of mine is passionately interested in it and involved in it. He 3D prints probably a couple guns a day. And uh, he's even hosting a gun makers match down in St. Augustine, Florida. So Rob Pincus, if it didn't already happen, it, it's about to happen. Uh, but he's going to have a gun major, makers match uh, for all the people who are like hobbyist uh, gun manufacturers. I've shot a couple of his 3D printed guns. And like Keith said, the quality of them is is highly suspect. If you can get through an entire match with your printed gun, you'd probably be doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, I asked a couple of the guys down there who were printing guns, and I said, so how, how reliable are they? How long do they last? Oh, I got 100 rounds out of my last one. I said, oh, wow, that's that's remarkable. Yeah, a whole hundred rounds. <laughs> so it's more of a hobby than a legitimate, uh, you know, type of firearm that you're going to have and to hold for from now and forever. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to last, I don't know, 50 to 100 rounds, maybe not even that many. But it's still fun and it pushes the boundaries of what is possible and it'll it'll keep getting better, no doubt about it. Um, building an 80% pistol or rifle, Bob says, is expensive or just as expensive or more and definitely more time-consuming than buying a new or used gun at a gun shop. And uh, what criminal would go through the effort when it's way cheaper than uh, a trunk sale in Dorchester? Right. Well, that's, that's a good point. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple of years ago, there was a a gangster out in California that was uh, doing 80% AR-15s and then completing them, and he was having build parties with a lot of the uh, neighborhood gangbangers, and they would order all the parts online, and then he would uh, put the unit into a CNC machine, and he would have the guy come over and press the button so that he couldn't be considered the manufacturer of it, and it would final mill it out, and then these guns would go out on the street and uh, the the thing I like to point out about that whenever people point to that as the test case why we need to control and ban 80 percenters is they were breaking probably a thousand laws already just by doing that by being felons and un and prohibited people who can't purchase or own firearms in the first place so I don't care what law you create to restrict me. You're never going to restrict him. The the gangbanger law, you know, felony, felonious actor. You're never going to restrict their rights. Or I'm sorry, not their right, but you're never going to restrict their activities. If if they're, you take away 80% lowers, they can stick a block of steel into a mill and manufacture a gun that way. Are you going to ban raw materials? Are you going to ban blocks of billet? aluminum and and billet steel no that's ridiculous so to say that you're gonna ban um, guns and reduce crime is ridiculous as we've already pointed out so um, and the fact that you're talking about uh, that it can be more expensive Bob I would agree in some cases though I would say it's better than what the factory product 
is produced. You know, I, I really like the 80% lowers uh, by the Glock 80% lowers by Polymer 80. I actually prefer the grip texture. I prefer the beaver tail on it. And I like that there's a little triangle patch for my fingered index on and I actually like them I shot one in a mat in a match up in New Hampshire and it was great so in some cases you can actually create a higher quality gun than what the original factory gun is intended um, and have fun doing it so there you go um, if it's not your thing yeah come on down the store and we'll hook you up by the way we have a lot of 80% uh, Glock lowers in stock if you want to come in and check them out. They are the uh, the 19 and the 17. And so you can you can grab those uh, while we got them. They're 149 bucks, and have some fun. And everything else you can order online. And like Keith said, when it's all said and done, register it. Take it down to the little trophy shop and have them put in some cool serial number with your initials or your name or something like that. That'll really make it yours or just make up a serial number and uh, or at the very least register it with NSN. But I believe since a certain date, most guns need a serial number. So I think if you ever want to be able to transfer it, you're going to want to serialize it. So go do that. Um, we also have for those of you who are a little less adventurous, we have complete polymer 80 lowers not complete but they're 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 considered a firearm in the federal eyes but not in the state eyes so in other words um, they are already a serialized lower and they don't require milling or drilling or cutting or any of that so um, yeah do that um, I think it's a fun project though so there you go and Bob agrees on the texture of the frame. The slides are wicked expensive. And do we have any RMR cut slides for G17s? I don't believe so. We have a ton of slides for the SIG 320. But the SIG 320 fire control unit is along the same ideas as that Polymer 80 uh, frame that we sell. So you could build one of those if you have a fire control unit. And uh, it's a pretty fun kind of hobbyist way to make a gun and make it yours how you want it done so yeah there you go um tom's wondering if we have ever gotten one of those smith and wesson l frame 44 mags in and yeah we have we get them all the time i don't think we have one at the moment uh but we might one thing i do have which is really cool is the smith 610 and it's the uh six shot 10 millimeter revolver which is pretty hot takes those moon clips so you could practice like jerry michelick and have a really cool uh hot hot shooter the 10 millimeter so come check them out and uh you're listening to rapid fire we'll be right back after this break This is the first focal plane Diamondback Tactical. At the intersection of precision and value, the Diamondback Tactical first focal plane rifle scopes deliver an impressive array of features and performance. The XD optical system and fully multi-coated lenses transmit a crisp, bright sight picture. The 
first focal plane, glass etched reticle keeps subtensions accurate throughout the 4x zoom range. Exposed tactical turrets and a side parallax knob give shooters the tools needed for long distance precision shooting. The single piece 30mm tube is ruggedly built to withstand recoil and impacts. Strong O-ring seals and nitrogen purging guarantee waterproof and fogproof performance. Purpose built to extend your effective range and stretch your dollar, the Diamondback Tactical comes equipped with the features you need at an unbelievable price. And it's covered for life by the Vortex VIP warranty. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us every week. Uh, make sure you go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire to join the discussion. Uh, don't forget to sign up for one of our LTC classes. If you don't have a firearms permit yet and you want to be a gun owner in Massachusetts, you've got to get a license for that. This state makes you jump through a few hoops and we will help you navigate those stormy waters. And uh, incidentally, I, today I went down and uh, renewed four licenses and one of them wasn't my license to carry. So <laughs> that one's still valid for another year, but I had four different licenses to uh, renew today to the tune of 300 bucks. And I think those are every other year I have to renew those. So yeah, it's not fun with all the restrictions and licensing that we have to go through and all the please can I that we have to do in this country. And I was just listening to a uh, speech the other day by Ronald Reagan, and he was pontificating on how we are the only country on earth where we tell government how much interaction it can have in and over our life. And unfortunately, we have gotten way off the straight and narrow path of that. And now we are subject to government saying what we can and can't do, even though the founders said, oh, no, 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 small government is... A representation of the people, for the people, by the people. And we tell them how we want them to, you know, enact laws and enforce them. And what has happened is that coin has flipped over. And now we're just like every other country. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we've lost our way in this regard. And now we ask permission for everything. I got a dog. Oh, you need a license for your dog. I need to build a shed. Oh, you got to pull a shed permit. Oh, I live in this neighborhood. Well, you got to get your color approved by the historic district and make sure you have shutters and make sure that you have authentic divided lights in your windows. Um, oh, and uh, I'm going to put a septic system in. Oh, you better make sure that you meet the town regulation, which is different than the state regulation, and therefore... Oh, you need a variance because you don't have enough dirt above the water line or a dirt above the septic system. I'm just going on and on because I, I'm in the process of building right now. So these are the hoops that I've jumped through. And the whole time I'm thinking, where have we gone so wrong as a society where you literally need to ask permission for everything that you do? I mean, everything. If you want to have a business, if you want to build something, if you want to, uh, you know, have a dog, if you want to have, um, you know, any type of freedom in this world, you want to exercise your free God-given rights in the state, well, you got to ask permission for that. You got to pay a fee. You got to take a class. You got to, 
get fingerprinted, photographed, and background checked. Anyway, I, uh, I digress. So we have a winner. A winner for the Cleanse Oil range bag. So Anthony Cosentino, you are the lucky man to win this Field and Range Universal Gun Care range bag, um, which is a complete cleaning kit. That'll do pistol, rifle, shotgun, and it's also a great range bag. It has the molly attachments all the way around it. You can fit your eyes and ears and your the ammo that you buy at Cape Gunworks because we finally have some. Uh, so you can put all that right in the range bag. All right. And uh, he's chiming in on the live chat that it's his son. So, yeah, you are the winner. Um, so come on down. We'll get you set up. And if you didn't win, don't lose heart we have another contest this week for the hornaday uh cooler and i'm really jealous about this one so anyone who wins and wants to donate it back to me i accept but no i'm just kidding you don't have to do that um but it is a really one-of-a-kind cooler we've only had one of these and it's a really high quality cooler with a bunch of cool stuff inside so go on capegunworks.com and register to win because we give something away every week we want to Give it away. Just give it away. A couple things that we're not giving away right now is ammo. Although, you'd think we are because of the amount of people that come in and buy it. Because we can actually sell you a case in a lot of case calibers. Um, so, that's awesome. Does he have to be 18? Not at all, Andy. He can come on down and pick up his field and range and universal gun care range bag. And hopefully he'll use it. If he's under 18, he could use it as a school lunch box. Just take all the cleaning stuff out. It'd be great. It'd be cool. I'm just kidding. You can do whatever he wants with it. But uh, it's a it's a great bag, and, and I'm sure you guys will get many hours of good use out of it. So register for that. Take a class. This is all, this is all the stuff you want to do around here. And, uh, you know, exercise your Second Amendment. If you haven't got your license to carry, then do it. We had our Top Shot Invitational Golf Tournament last Friday. That was amazing. And uh, we had just such a great time supporting uh, Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas Xaros Fund, uh, two awesome Gold Star families that created these amazing charities, these homegrown Cape Cod charities that are doing such a great amount of work here in our local communities. And uh, one of the coolest things was when Cindy Jones, the founder of Heroes in Transition, was talking and she said she was really nervous the first time she came into Cape Gunworks uh, to hear about what we proposed uh, to have a charitable event to support her foundation. She was very nervous. And uh, one of the other um, pillars of the golf tournament, a guy, Bo, he grabbed her by the hand and said, come here, I'm going to show you this. He's a former Marine. And he took her for a tour around the shop and said, you got to check this place out. Here's the guns. Here's the classroom. Here's the range. And uh, by the time she left, she signed up for an LTC class and uh, and so, you know, she is now has a license to carry. So we're going to try and get her in to shoot. And uh, so, yeah, some other cool stuff in the store besides ammo and guns, which we have a ton of, um, is we have some really great kick off the summer stuff. We got coolers. We got Memorial Day weekend coming up. So we got coolers. We got beach chairs. We got tumblers. We got coffee. We have uh, those can cannons, which we used in the golf tournament to launch golf balls. It was awesome. We have tons of mosquitoes, 
uh, eaters, skeeter eaters for your backyard or for when you're sitting out on Sandy Neck. Um, we have even sleeping bags if you're going to spend the night out on uh, out on Sandy Neck. That's what you want. Or go camping at Nickerson or whatever. Um, so come on down and check it out. We have more stuff in stock than we have ever had in the history of Cape Gunworks. And we're pretty proud of that because it took a while to, to get it. So um, we'd love to be your gun store. So if you haven't been in, come on down or check us out on the web at capegunworks.com. And uh, we're looking forward to helping new shooters get familiar with their firearms. We do lots of privates. We do uh, LTC classes. We do intro to pistol handling. And uh, we have all kinds of stuff coming up. And the second half of that Top Shot Invitational is live. You can register your team for the September 11th shooting contest. So we broke the tournament up into two tournaments. So September 11th, we're going to be doing the Top Shot Invitational shooting contest where you're foursome. You didn't have to play the golf tournament to get in, but you put four people together to form a team. And you're going to shoot a 22 pistol, 22 rifle, 9mm pistol, and 9mm carbine. And the Top Shot will get some great awards. We're looking forward to it. So have a great Memorial Day. And uh, the show goes on even though it's ending now. Just make sure you hang on after the final break. And uh, if you're listening online, you'll get the bonus section. So it's going to be cool. We're going to go out and shoot. So you want to stay tuned for that. But guys, as always, it's a quick hour. And I hate to see it over so fast. we got lots more to talk about next week. So... Make sure you tune in and, uh, you know, let's think about the people that paid the price in order to give us freedom this Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, my heart goes out to families that have lost loved ones. And we're doing our part to keep those charities around here going for those who paid the ultimate price and made that sacrifice. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening and tuning in and being part of the show. We'll see you next time on Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. God bless. God bless.